right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, ends up, yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Thanks for tuning in on a Friday. We got high school football going on tonight. We have Mountain West conference football going on tonight. A number of games coming on this weekend. This week in the Mountain West will come uh, will come on the air later on this hour, and they'll run through the full Mountain West schedule. Um, but uh, there are some juicy games in college football this weekend. We'll preview some of those and the NFL weekend. Major League Baseball playoffs are underway. There's been some, there's been some fun baseball today, and uh, one game that got done in a hurry, very uncharacteristic. Uh, so anyway, a couple different things to get through on the show. Love to hear from you as well. Four three five three three nine zero three two one. And also, if you want to weigh in with your score prediction for tomorrow, how do you think things are going to go between Utah State and Air Force? Game kicks off at 5 o'clock on FS1. We'll have our pregame coverage starting at 3.30. And uh, postgame immediately following the game here on The Fan and on KVNU with Aggie Call taking your calls and your texts reacting to what happened on Merlin Olsen Field. So um, still time for you to give your, your score predictions and how you think things might play out tomorrow between Utah State and Air Force. I just think that the Aggies are showing promise. They've actually done a pretty decent job in the in their run defense, and that's going to help them. Uh, I just am concerned that the offense isn't quite clicking enough to keep the ball away from that Air Force offense, one, and to keep up with what Air Force does. So I, I think that uh, I think in the end it's going to be Air Force winning this game. Air Force is favored by 10.5. I think Air Force might cover. Um, But uh, I hope I'm wrong. Believe me, I really, really hope I'm wrong. But that's kind of how I'm seeing things play out tomorrow for Utah State. Yeah, and my biggest concern really has to do with turnovers. You know, Utah State turning the ball over a little too much and giving free chances to Air Force. Um. I'm trying to find. And another trend I'm thinking of is po- it's possible that Utah State could actually start off this game decently well. Um, you know, it's, you know they came out pretty quick against BYU. They were able to get a lead on UNLV. Um, and so they could come out with a good initial game plan, but that can stumble to the end as they've not always adjusted super well. And they're not able to execute over a 60-minute span. And so we could see, as almost foreign as quick starts are to this Utah State team, they could end up doing it because that's kind of some of their recent history. Is a good start, could run the ball pretty well on some early drives, you know, string together some passes, you know, maybe catch the team off guard by doing a couple of things that they've not seen before. 
um, you know, things the Air Force maybe hasn't seen before, and you'll have some early success based off that, but then, you know, they're going to get worn down by Air Force over the course of the game, especially their defense, especially as snaps rack up for Air Force and as potentially turnovers rack up for the Utah State offense. Yeah, I, and that's that's a great point, and I think that is a worry of mine as well, that they may hang in there, they may be competitive early on, but later as this game goes on, it starts to get away from them. Yeah, this and that, that's really the, the Air Force M.O. They yeah. would just keep coming at you in waves. Yeah, it's, this could be a game where there's a big third quarter, second or third quarter for Air Force that starts taking this game away from Utah State, and we're getting to the point where there's going to be a fourth quarter that almost doesn't matter. And unfortunately, maybe the worst thing that could happen for this team is to have a fourth quarter that doesn't matter a ton, but then the offense starts doing some things, then maybe the coaching staff uses that as an excuse to once again say, we're improving, yada, yada, yada. Because that's that's the worst thing you want to come out of this game is for Blake Anderson to just walk out and say again, we're improving, would have liked to win the game, but we're improving. Because there's very little wiggle room left. This is the last of the wiggle room to get uh, a Mountain West championship. You lose this game, that's done. Sure, it's mathematically possible, but not realistically. Yeah, with two losses, it makes it tough. Yeah. A bowl Granted, game. only one of them in, a re- in your division, but still, it makes it tough. Yeah. Um, a, a bowl game is possible, but it comes a lot harder because you basically have to win out. Uh, so, technically, there's still wiggle room for the bowl game, but like you're running out of you're running out of runway to get this season really going. And Anderson knows that. And obviously, if they lose, then I don't know what you can say in a press conference that fixes anything. So I just feel sorry that he has to say something. In the end, it's not really his fault that he'll have to come up with something to placate the fans. It's it's, it's the worst part about being a head coach is saying stuff when. There's nothing to be said. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to blame him for for having to do coach speak in that kind of situation. Because at that point, you know, it's a losing season. It's a lost season, and you know, again, that's the worst place to be as a head coach. Because then you have to keep saying the same things for the next five, six weeks while your team slowly, you know. The team just slowly fades away into the obscurity of oh those that's one of the bad teams we forget about them. Yeah, it, it, I don't envy that position of trying to be somebody who ha- is forced to face questions after another rough loss when you've in the middle of a a string of losses. I, I don't envy that at all. Uh, is there is there a path for Utah State to to get a victory tomorrow? Absolutely. I mean, this coaching staff found a way to beat Air Force a year ago. This is not the same team as a year ago, and that's what has me concerned. I think that Air Force is more prolific at running the ball now than they were a year ago. Granted, I think you have to look at their season to this point with a bit of a grain of salt. Air Force really hasn't played tough competition outside of their game against Navy. Um, and so, yeah, they're running the ball a lot, but they've gone up against some soft opponents 
Utah State has faced some teams that have a pretty good run game, and they've held them in check. So that does give me some hope. I just don't know that it's enough to put over the goal line to say Utah State's going to get the victory. See, I can never take a team, say, okay, they've been good against the run, and be able to apply that to them stopping Air Force. There's, as weird as to say, there's basically no correlation to stopping a traditional run game as there is to stopping the triple option. It's just a completely different animal. Because it's it's just a different way to defend it. Um, and it, you have to be more disciplined with it. And you have to have versatility on your defense. You have to have discipline and, and very gap-sound defense, which Utah State has struggled with at times, being gap-sound. So... I can't really use Utah State's precedent so far of being decent against the run in their favor in this game because it's just so different. Utah State last year was good at times against the run. They gave up oodles of yards to Air Force last year. You know, let them score like 45 points. And that's part of why I'm worried. Like, again, the one thing that's kind of going in Utah State's favor in this is that they're playing at home, and historically they've done fairly well against Air Force at home. So there's a chance. You know, being at home, you get the crowd in there, and if the defense can make a few big plays, force a fumble, get a few good stops, and if the offense is able to put something together, then you can have one of those games where you force Air Force to like a sub-20-point game. And if that happens, that's the hope. Because I ain't holding out hope for Utah State to win another shootout. That ain't happening. Not this offense. Uh, yeah, last year Utah State gave up 437 yards on the ground against Air Force. Yeah, and this defense is not significantly worse, but at least a little bit worse. And they don't have the same dynamic playmakers. Though last year's team, I don't think defensively, they really came into their own until later in the season. Utah State was winning games because they were outscoring their opponents, not because they were stopping their opponents. So I think that Maybe a little bit misleading there. I, I, not Utah State struggling that they don't have some interior linemen because they've been hurt. Uh, but they do have a couple of guys on that front who saw this Air Force offense a year ago and um, know what, what to expect coming to this game. So can they keep them below 430? Well, they'll have to. I mean, do they have to? They won the game. Well, <laughs> like, they were a high-powered offense. Yeah. Like I said, they, they, they won't in this case. They could last year for the reasons we've gone over, the high-powered offense. Yeah, I, I the lack of depth now on the interior offensive line is a huge problem because in years past, Utah State has generally been able to stop Air Force's dive play for the most part. It was always the dive-dive, it's third and eight, and then they run to the outside for 12 yards. That's where Utah State's really struggled. They haven't had the speed to keep Air Force contained. Can Vons and Grishik, you know, contain? And, you know, also the, the linebackers have to play a big part in that too. You know, in containing the, the pitch man when he goes outside. Because obviously the defensive end, they're put in the bind that they have to pick one or the other. And I don't know how Utah State's going to coach them, which guy they're supposed to take and whatnot, but the defensive ends are always kind of, they're always put in the worst position. 
Yeah. Because they have they basically have to make the wrong choice. Uh, seven eight five four on our full court press text line. Channel your best, Jim Mora. Ball game, ball game. We just need to find a way to win one ball game. I think I made that joke already. That's a good one. It, good. it is a good joke. Like, it's applicable. Uh, it's applicable. Three 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 one. Aggies thirty five. Air Force twenty eight. Cooper and Levi Shine. There's a real possibility that we will see some Levi Williams in this game Saturday. Anytime they run a QB draw on third and one, it should just be Levi. And don't even attempt to disguise it. Our six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound quarterback is gonna run it. That A gap, just say point at it and say, That's where I'm running. I dare you to stop me. Hmm. And they'll be a lot more successful than I mean, granted, Cooper Lega is about the size of most, you know, we consider them bruiser running backs. If they're six one and I don't know how many pounds Lega weighs, but still like just bring in the big guy who knows how to run. Get him the yards. Because the QB draws were kind of dubious as far as how well they worked. All right. You don't need fancy footwork. Just use your power, your size, and just go. Yeah. And make the blocks. Because a couple of those ones where Utah State blew it on their QB keepers on short down, um, short yardage situations, the offensive lineman just blew it. Just whiffed on the block sometimes. But sometimes that's where having your bruiser counts. Cause like, okay, you whiffed on your block. I'm going to stiff arm this guy, and I'm still going to get the two yards. That's why I think Levi, should, he should just be the short yardage guy. 435-339-0321. If you want to have any of you, more of your predictions for the Utah State Aggie game tomorrow, 5 o'clock on Merlin Olsen Field. A couple other games going on. Uh, this week in the Mountain West, they'll run through the other Mountain West schedule. There are a couple of games tonight. Uh, kind of a, a, a pillow fight matchup between two powder puff bad teams, and then you got a matchup against two really good teams, both happening at the same time. So if you have FS1 and CBS Sports Network, you may want to toggle back and forth between the two games. Isn't the Colorado State Nevada one the one on FS1? Uh, yes. They put the bad one on FS1 because <laughs> it's the old coach returning back to Nevada. Yeah, they'll run that in pregame, and then it won't be interesting. The rest, of the, like, I guess, they'll keep like putting cameras on both of them. Like, ooh, are they getting mad? Ooh, what's he saying into his mic? Is he saying swearers under his breath about the other coach? <laughs> Did he make the right decision? It's like that one guy calling the Alabama game where he was absolutely obsessed with uh, Bryce Young's connection with Steph Curry. Oh my word! That yeah, the first time. Oh, that's interesting. Whatever. But the uh, 12th reference? Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. His uh, breaking down of Bryce Young's touchdown celebration? There are no other replays to look at, so let's look at him coming off the field one more time. Yeah, that was the thing. It was like, okay, he did that, and they had to cut back. And then he's like, okay, bring it back. Bring it back. I really want to talk about this. <laughs> Get my telestrator. It's like, seriously, dude. Uh, <laughs> most of the other games tomorrow in the Mountain West are later in the day. Utah State and Air Force, as we mentioned, 5 o'clock on FS1. Wyoming and New Mexico, 5 o'clock on CBS Sports Network. At 7.45, Fresno State at Boise State on FS1. That game sold out a couple of days ago. So uh, interested uh, Bronco Nation here in this matchup with Fresno State, who was supposed to be the cream of the crop of the Mountain West, but they've had some injuries and fallen on some hard times. Uh, And then 8.30 tonight, 
Hawaii at San Diego State on CBS Sports Network. There we go. That's the best game of the week. <laughs> San Diego State favored by 22 in that one. Can San Diego State score 22 points? Uh, now that's a, that's a fair question. <laughs> that's maybe more valid question than anything else. Um, in the rest of college football, there are some juicy matchups, as we alluded to earlier. Um, this was part of our pick six. Number 17, TCU, at number 19, Kansas, 10 a.m. on FS1. Uh, 10 a.m. on ESPN, you got number eight, Tennessee, at number 25, LSU. Tennessee only favored by two and a half in that one. Uh, later in the day, 1.30 on Fox, you've got number 11, Utah, at number 18, UCLA. Utes favored by three and a half at the old Rose Bowl. The old empty Rose Bowl. Mm. Let's see if this could be an opportunity for them to revive that fan base. How do you not get people to show up to your number 18 ranked team? Uh, later in the day, 5.30 on NBC and Peacock, number 16 BYU taking on Notre Dame. The game is in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. BYU, the ranked team, is not favored in this matchup. Notre Dame by three and a half. Two of the most delusional fan bases in college football <laughs> going off against each other. Uh, I could see that. BYU at this point is just die at Notre Dame. That's what they've been for the last however long they've been independent. Is just die at Notre Dame. That's true. That's true. I could take that. Uh, we need to take a quick time out here on the Full Court Press. When we come back, Major League Baseball playoffs underway. Uh, what games have already been played? What games are in action right now? What's still on the schedule? That's coming up next on the Full Court Press. You know, Mountain West Motor is, uh, is has a great selection of vehicles on their lot. You can check it out online as well at mwmotor.com. But their trucks and SUVs have been specially customized. So go check out what they have, what their inventory looks like, what their pricing is. And make sure you follow them on Instagram for current promos and events. That's Mountain West Motor at 615 North Main in Logan. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements' lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 1130 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 1130 to 9 p.m. Visit the Elements restaurant.com for reservations today. I'm Nate Kreckman. This week in the Mountain West, San Jose State won the league back in 20. Now they might just have a better team here in 2022. We'll talk to Spartans head coach Brent Brennan about their 3-1 start. Plus, Air Force keeps on rolling. Is this finally the year Troy Calhoun can win the conference championship? It's all this week here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. 
Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. It's USU Homecoming Week, and you can show your Aggie pride with a stop at the Aggie fans' favorite place to shop, and that's Locker 42. They have a store full of everything Aggie. Aggie logo jackets and hoodies and long and short sleeve t-shirts. Pick out a new Aggie hat from dozens of hat choices as well. Game time temperatures will be cool, but you can stay warm with a plush Aggie blanket. Shop the Locker 42 location that's the most convenient for you. 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store downtown at 36 South Main. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. S.C. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from S.C. Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. S.C. Needham Jewelers, middle of the block. At the sign of the clock. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here. Major League Baseball playoffs underway. Uh, a couple of interesting notes so far and the first action in the uh, wild card series in Major League Baseball today. Mariners beating their 21-year, or I should say breaking their 21-year playoff drought and winning their opener on the road at Toronto, four nothing. Big win for the Mariners. There you go. That's how you break a streak. Not only get there, but get a get an emphatic win. There's something interesting with each of the games that have been played so far today. So that was interesting. Breaking the streak, getting back to the playoffs. Uh, the Phillies were at the Cardinals, and this turned out to be look, early on looked like a, a magical setting for the Cardinals. Some great. Um, you know, veteran historic players for St. Louis, and is you know really had this fun magical energy about it earlier on. And then the Phillies score six runs in the ninth inning to win six to three. St. Louis was running away with this, and then they just had mistake after mistake. Uh, Philadelphia starts getting their their you know connecting on on uh, pitches. They're reaching and they're connecting, getting guys on base. St. Louis just has a meltdown, bad throws, and the Phillies win that opener. And then the Guardians beat the Rays 2-1, to 
Now, what's fascinating about that one is that game was done in barely over two hours, which is an extreme rarity in Major League Baseball. Yeah, especially for playoff games. I mean, more so maybe deeper in the playoffs, where you can have games lasting twice that long, you know, four-plus hours, sometimes five hours. You know, you're looking at your NFL games that are lasting that long, and it's like, yeah, two hours, that's a that's a short game. That's a, you know, that's a professional soccer game right there, two hours. It's efficiency on the mound, not taking a lot of time between pitches, getting guys off off the plate. Um, so that, that was impressive. It's the kind of stuff you can have more of if you have a pitch clock. <laughs> can have quicker games, condense the action, fewer commercial breaks. We can only dream. Yeah. Well, so one more game on the, do it though. One more game on the schedule. Padres at the Mets tonight. That's uh, going to start uh, a little bit after six o'clock tonight on ESPN. Precisely six oh seven. The schedule tells me. It's very specific. <laughs> Oddly specific. I'm surprised it didn't say six oh seven and thirty seven seconds. Uh, tomorrow, ten a.m. Rays at the Guardians in Game Two. At two o'clock, Blue Jays hosting the Mariners, trying to even their series. Again, the Padres at the Mets. That'll be at 537 on ESPN. And then the Phillies at the Cardinals, 637 on ESPN2. What's with these sevens? They're all on the sevens. 1007, 207, 537. You need to figure out the reason they're doing that. Like, what's... There's got to be something. Yeah, why don't they just say 10? Are too many people complaining that, oh, I turn it at 10 o'clock and it doesn't really start until... Or it's already started. Like, ah, I, seven. I, I tuned in at 6.10 and the game's already started. I missed the first four pitches. <laughs> Whatever. Um, in the NFL, uh, you got the Packers and the Giants playing at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium Sunday morning at 7.30, bright and early on the NFL Network. Will not be awake for that one. Three and one for both teams. Could be an interesting matchup. Two very different three and ones. True. Green Bay is favored by eight. Uh, and then there's a lot of two and two matchups, a couple of one and threes. Um, and I don't know that there's anything particularly that jumps out at me. Uh, Ram Cowboys at the Rams could be sneaky interesting. Yeah, I, I saw one Twitter poll. Like, Which game are you most excited about? And I was like, I'm not excited about any of those because it was like Rams, Cowboys, and a couple others. There was like, this might be a uninteresting week in the NFL. Yeah, not not a lot that's totally blows me away. The most interesting game is the one that's being played in England, honestly. And that's really early. <laughs> Way too early. Hey, that's going to do it for us tonight here on the Full Court Press this week in the Mountain West. Coming up next with the full rundown of the Mountain West schedule for the weekend. And speaking of the weekend, hope you have Schreiber Foods wants to give a big thanks to the community for your support during their 50-year celebration. Thanks to you, they exceeded their goals for money raised and food donated for the Cash Food Pantry. Over 60,000 boxes of birthday cake mix was donated and thousands of dollars raised, all to help feed hungry families in our community. You also helped set a world record for the largest macaroni and cheese dish ever made, over 4,700 pounds, and it was delicious. In fact, so many people have asked for the recipe that you can now pick up that exact recipe at the Logan Schreiber Foods Office, 885 North, 600 West. 
local restaurants donated proceeds like Texas Roadhouse, Chick-fil-A, Firehouse Pizza, Los Primos, Sabores, Tandoori Oven, and Cafe Sabor. They also want to thank their dedicated Triber Foods employees for all the difference you make in feeding the world and doing good through food. Again, thank you from everyone at Schreiber Foods. They couldn't have done it without you. Hey, it's Jackson with Mountain West Motor. We love the Cache Valley. Thank you for all of your support since we opened in February. Every one of our rigs is built for your adventure. We invite you to stop by at 615 North Main when thinking about a new rig. At Mountain West Motor, we have Ford Broncos, Ram TRXs, but also keep in mind we have great price point rigs starting at 20 k Check our website for current inventory and pricing at mwmotor.com. And for news and events, follow us on Instagram at mwmotor.co. Mountain West Motor, built for your adventure. Fall is in the air and it's getting colder. Make sure your vehicle is well-maintained. Valvoline Instant Oil Change in Logan across from Angie's can help. As the weather turns colder, your car needs more babying and an oil change is easy. They'll change your oil and also check other fluid levels and replace your air filters if needed. The best thing, you can stay in your car while their trained professionals service your vehicle. Valvoline Instant Oil Change, 695 North Main, open seven days a week. The tackler into the end zone. He catches it in stride and scores. This is This Week in the Mountain West. He walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Mountain West Conference champions. Hi, this is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West, and you are listening to This Week in the Mountain West. On the Mountain West Radio Network. All right, welcome into the Week 6 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. I'm your host, Nate Kreckman. An informative week five now in the books in the Mountain West Conference as we learn that Air Force can win a slugfest. UNLV and San Jose State are absolutely for real and look like the two best teams in the West Division. And anyone that was throwing dirt on Boise State was doing so prematurely. And now we get set for a week six with six games all in conference play. The division race is already starting to take shape in the Mountain West. Coming up on this week's show, we'll talk to one of our favorites, San Jose State head coach Brent Brennan, about their win at Wyoming and their upcoming showdown with UNLV Friday night. Plus, Air Force Radio color analyst Jesse Kurtz jumps on the show to talk about the 4-1 Falcons and a hard-fought win over Service Academy rival Navy. But up first, we recap week five around the Mountain West. San Diego State, a 13-0 halftime lead on Boise State Friday night on the blue turf. And then the Broncos would go on to score 35 unanswered points in the second half and rack up five rushing touchdowns to win it big, 35-13. Boise State had 316 rushing yards and finished with two 100-yard rushers in a game for the first time since 2016. George Halani with 131 yards on the ground along with two touchdowns, while quarterback Talon Green rushed for 105 yards on eight carries with two scores of his own. Green keeps it left side, no one home to the 30, to the 20, down the sidelines, 10-5, touchdown Talon Green, 39 yards on the scamper for Green. Bob Beeler with the call for Learfield. Boise State's defense held SDSU to just 114 total yards. The Broncos leading the Mountain Division with a 2-0 conference record. 
Also last Friday night in Las Vegas, UNLV in a 17-0 hole at home to New Mexico in the second quarter after a pair of Miles Kendrick touchdown runs put the Lobos up big early. But from there, Doug Brumfield and Aiden Robbins would settle in for the Rebels and that UNLV defense would intercept Kendrick twice, including this one with 28 seconds to go to ice it for the Rebels. Back to pass, Kendrick. Kendrick fires on the near side, and the pass intercepted. Intercepted by Cam Oliver, and he goes cruising in for a Rebel touchdown. That's Russ Langer on ESPN 1100 in Las Vegas. 31-20 the final. UNLV is 4-1, 2-0 to lead the West Division. And Marcus Arroyo's offense, number one in scoring and number two in total offense in the conference. Now, the number one total offense in the league is Air Force. The Falcons racking up 461 yards a game on average, but Saturday's slugfest with their service academy rivals Navy was no pleasure cruise. Things started off well enough for the Falcons. This is what happened on the third play of the game. Third down, play action. Daniels rolls to the right, looks, throws right sideline, wide open, Cormier, right sideline, 30, at the 20, at the 10, touchdown, Air Force! Jim Arthur with the call from Learfield, a grinded out win from there on out for the Falcons. They come out on top 13 to 10 over the midshipmen. Brad Roberts, 108 yards on 23 carries in the win. Falcons 4-1 on the year, a perfect 4-0 at home. Much more on this one with Jesse Kurtz coming up later in the show. And finally, from week five, San Jose State at Wyoming, and this one was the Chevin Cordero show. First and 10 from the 18-yard line. Garrett in the backfield. Fake the handoff. It's a quarterback draw. Cordero to the right side, to the 15, to the 5. Touchdown, San Jose State. Cordero on the draw play. Just speeds it into the end zone. Justin Allegri with the call for Learfield. Cordero, your Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week. 314 in the air with a touchdown and 24 more on the ground with two scores. San Jose State, an impressive 33-16 road win at War Memorial Stadium in Laramie as that's back-to-back losses now for Wyoming. San Jose State is 3-1 on the year, off to a 1-0 start in conference as the Spartans now turn around and gets set to host UNLV Friday night at SefQ Stadium with kickoff at 7.30 Pacific time on CBS Sports Network. The winner of this game will sit atop the West Division here in Week 6. Joining us right now in his sixth season as the head coach at San Jose State, it's Brent Brennan. Coach, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you back as always. Let's start with Saturday night in Laramie. Your defense puts points on the board early, and then Chevin Cordero and the offense really picked up steam there in the second quarter. That is as tough an environment as there is to play here in the Mountain West. What did your team show you on Saturday? Just that they were, you know, we're going to handle everything that came at them, right? Like, you know, we had a little bit of a delay with some lightning, and then we had the altitude, and then we had their home crowd, and we're playing a really good team. And uh, I just loved how our guys just kept playing for each other, kept rallying, not worrying about the scoreboard, just playing the next play. Let's talk about your quarterback, Chevin Cordero, the Hawaii transfer. Season high, 314 yards through the air with the touchdown pass to Skyler Loving Black, and then a couple of touchdowns on the ground. He takes Mountain West Offensive Player of the Week honors. Look, Coach, you knew he was good. That is why you recruited him as hard as you did when he put his name in the transfer portal. But what are you thinking now about Shevin after watching him play four games in a Spartans uniform? 
Well, you know, I don't think he's anywhere near his ceiling yet. And, you know, the fun thing about Shevin is he is a crazy hard worker. Um, he just, you know, eats it up. You know, even in spring practice, our offense coordinator, Kevin McGiven, says I've never had a player, you know, kind of be able to digest a scheme this quickly and execute. And um, so it's really, really fun to see see kind of Shevin lean into that and just take it all in and just how the team has rallied around him and how those bonds have grown and, we found a little bit of chemistry with, with that offensive side of the ball, so it's kind of fun to see that start to take shape. Another key piece of your offense that came up big in Laramie was Elijah Cooks. That's a transfer that you brought in from Nevada. Fought injuries his last couple of seasons in Reno, but he put up monster numbers back in 2019. How has he been so productive in your system, and what has he brought to your program with his leadership and his experience? Well, he has, you know, he's a very, very mature man, right? And you know, he's played a lot of football. He's been in a lot of situations. So, you know, he handles all those things, you know, really easily. You know, when, uh, you know, when Shevin decided to come, you know, Elijah and Justin Lockhart both came at the same time. So they roomed together. So, you know, those guys, um, you know, they spend so much time together. You know, that relationship, that bond, that trust continues to grow. And then the other thing I'll tell you about Elijah, he's just a fantastic practice player. He attacks practice. He practices every day. He takes every rep. And so, you know, I think that's helped build some of that chemistry also with Shevin. The way the run game has been established these last couple weeks, the wins over Wyoming and Western Michigan, Kyrie Robinson and Cordero have really gotten going. The offensive line, it was one of the question marks coming into this season. How is this group coming together now? Well, you know, I think Coach Oglesby does a fantastic job coaching our line, and he has since he's been here. And uh, you know, those guys are, are growing together. And I think that's one of the hard things when we started the season is I think we had eight new players on offense. And so offensive football just takes a little bit of time. And, uh, you know, I think those guys have done a good job. I think, you know, Josh has done a good job with the scheme and the run game and, and then Coach McGiven and kind of that input from all the coaches on the staff, um, hopefully, you know, making it clean and easy to execute for the O-line and, and giving them a something they can be confident in and know what to do and know where to go and, and I think that we, you know, we started to see a little bit of that, which is, you know, helping them gain some, gain some momentum. All right, coach, let's flip it. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball against Western Michigan. Your defense allowed eight total completions at Wyoming, another eight completions and Titus Wen and that Cowboy run game were really held in check. What is standing out to you right now about this defense so far? You know, I think they're just, they play extremely hard. I think we've got some playmakers, you know, in that front seven, which are, really impactful. And then I think, um, you know, the back end is really strong too. I don't think they get a lot of credit, but I think Trey Jenkins is one of the best safeties in the league. And, uh, and, and he has been, he's been all conference twice. I mean, he's a really good player um, the addition of Chase Williams. And then with Nehemiah Shelton and, and Kenyon Reed, that's a really fun group. And I think that's been a lot of fun to see those kind of, those guys come together and, and grow and develop. And, uh, but those guys up front make all the difference, Kyle Harmon and Kate Hall and junior Fehoko. And it's fun to see those guys, um, you know, apply the kind of pressure they can and, and play with the kind of, you know, edge they're they're capable of. Looking ahead, Friday nights, FQ Stadium, UNLV coming in. This is a big-time conference game. 2020, you win the league, but it's the COVID year, so no fans. Last year, the injuries hit quick for your guys. This year, off to a great start. People are pumped to get back out to games. How has the home field advantage been so far in your two games at SFQ Stadium this year, and what do you anticipate Friday night against UNLV? Oh, it's been incredible. You know, our, our fan base, our students have been outstanding. The community here in San Jose has been awesome. I think, uh, you know, our, our 
the two home games we've had, I think, have been back-to-back the two biggest crowds we've had in over a decade, which is really exciting for us. Um, and it's exciting for our players. And I think, you know, that, that home crowd can really energize your team and they can make it hard on your opponent, right, which is exactly what I'm hoping they will do on Friday night is, you know, give our team incredible energy and, and enthusiasm and excitement for a big game on a Friday night, but then also make it hard on UNLV. And the guy on that opposite sideline Friday night, UNLV head coach Marcus Arroyo. You guys go way back. You worked together on Dick Tomey's staff at San Jose State back in the 2000s. He told me a couple of weeks ago on this show, you're one of his best friends in the world. What is it like to have that kind of close relationship with a guy while also wanting to beat the snot out of him and his team coming up this week? You know, it's really fun, right? Like, I do. I look, Marcus Arroyo is my brother. I love him. And it's always fun to play against people you care about. Um, you know, I think that's one of the really cool things about getting to, to play and, and getting to see his career over time. And, you know, he's a guy that I literally talk to two or three times a week. So, um, although not quite as much this week, but, <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a lot of fun. And I have a lot of respect for him as a coach and as a man. And I think he's doing a great job with UNLV's program. It's been fun to watch that thing grow and develop. And they're playing really, really good football. And, and, I'm really happy for him and that staff over there. Those are good guys. Last thing, Doug Brunfield, Aiden Robbins, they've really transformed that UNLV offense. Rebels the highest-scoring team in the conference. Defensively, that group is forcing turnovers. What do you have to do to beat the Rebels this week? Uh, we need to play clean. We need to play clean, not turn it over, um, You know, take the ball away if we get the opportunity, and I think we have to do a great job with their quarterback. He's obviously an awesome player. Right? they got good players in all the skill positions. They've got a big offensive line that is physical. And, uh, and and they're doing a great job with the scheme. So, you know, I think the quarterback is the one. It, it all starts with him, and he's, he's a special player. And so, you know, that's the big thing about it. But we, we need to play clean football, um, you know, protect the ball and take care of it and, and run and tackle and, and play with all kinds of energy and juice and, and, and enjoy this home atmosphere and, and really take advantage of the opportunities we get. It's going to be a good one. Game of the year in the Mountain West. UNLV and San Jose State. Friday night, SFQ Stadium. Kickoff, 7.30 Pacific time. CBS Sports Network. The winner will sit atop the West Division here in week six. Brent Brennan, always a pleasure. One of our favorites. Thank you so much and best of luck this week. Hey, thank you. It's great, it's great being on. And I'll tell you this. You just said this is the game of the year in the Mountain West Conference, right? Who would have ever thought we'd be talking about San Jose State and UNLV for that? Let's go. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? Awesome to see indeed as Brennan and Arroyo have rejuvenated those two programs. We'll talk Air Force with Jesse Kurtz when we return here on the Week 6 edition of This Week in the Mountain West. This is Craig Bull, head coach of the University of Wyoming. We'll be back with more of This Week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Aegis Home Health and Hospice loves helping the people they serve. Aegis is a home health and hospice organization that lives by core values of character, experience, and trust. Every day, Aegis' goal is to help you with whatever your health care needs are and to do it wherever you need us to. Aegis, A-E-G-I-S, Aegis Home Health and Hospice. Call 723-9000 or find them at myagis.com. Home at Darrell has a farm and a 
appliance part. With down home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O. When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, oh, What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. You're listening to This Week in the Mountain West on Sports Talk Radio 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. This is Troy Calhoun, head coach of the Air Force Academy. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. Air Force is 4-1. The Falcons checking an important item off the list, beating Navy 13-10 Saturday at Falcon Stadium. The Falcons halfway there to reclaim the Commander-in-Chief's trophy outright for the first time since 2016. This week... Back to conference play with a critical Mountain Division showdown on the road at Utah State. Joining us right now, the radio color analyst for Air Force football, as well as the executive producer and anchor for the Mountain West Network, the great Jesse Kurtz. Jesse, welcome back to the show. Nate, it is my honor to share the airwaves with you. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Let's let's talk about these Falcons who are also doing well. That game Saturday against Navy Open with a three-play touchdown drive. Ezekiel Daniels hitting David Cormier for that 67-yard score. Looked like the Falcons would cruise again. And then a lot of punting, turnovers, a couple field goals sprinkled in there. To those that missed that game Saturday morning on CBS, how would you describe what you watched, Jesse, in a 13-10 Air Force win? Well, you, you missed a gritty effort by both teams. And you mentioned that 10-0 score. It almost was maybe 17-0 in that first half. The Falcons were driving once again seamlessly. It looked like they were going to go in for six. And inside the red zone, uh, Hazik Daniels ended up fumbling. And Navy caught a lot of life off of that fumble. And it it raised the spirits on their sideline. And they kept Air Force scoreless for two quarters from there on out and only uh, surrendered a field goal. And I think you really saw the spirit of Surface Academy football. Troy Kellen spoke about it all week. And, you know, there have been multiple times already this year where Air Force has been a heavy favorite, and they were in this game. But in those games, if I could offer up a cliche that I hate, it's the throw everything out the window when rivalries when rivals meet. It's so true in the Air Force Navy series and the Air Force Army series because there's nothing that really catches the other team off guard. Um, Most of those kids have seen those schemes. They have seen those type of athletes. They know exactly what's coming. So it's really hard to gain traction offensively. You saw that last year at Navy. The game was 7-3 in the fourth quarter. So that game played out more like a typical Air Force-Navy game, the latter of the three quarters. But in the end, you know, Air Force did just what they needed to do, a late Matthew DePore field goal to lift them to a 13-10 victory. And uh, as I said on the air, they don't ask how you did it, just it did you do it when it comes to did you beat Navy, did you beat Army, 
and the Falcons are halfway to uh, number 21 in the Commander-in-Chief trophy column. And a big part of why they closed that game out was the running of Brad Roberts. It's now four 100-yard games and five outings so far this season for the senior fullback, Brad Roberts. Seven touchdowns on the ground. He is absolutely in the conversation, Jesse, for Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year. We've seen a lot of great backs in that triple option system at the academy, but what sets Brad apart and makes him so special? Just pure toughness. I mean, there's no reason, Nate, that a kid 5'11", 215 pounds, should run with the toughness and tenacity that he does. He is as hard to bring down as any runner there is in the country. And most of the guys who run with that sort of fury have him by 30, 35, 40 pounds. But Brad Roberts on a good day is 215, and he is a load to bring down. And you, you talk about how special this kid is. I mean, he played the COVID season. So he only played six games. And if memory serves, he didn't play one of those games. Um, and then he played a full season last year and half of a season here. He is already chasing some of the hallowed records at Air Force when it comes to running the football. He just ran for 100 yards for the 13th time in his career on Saturday. That ties D. Dallas, V. D. Dallas for second all time at Air Force. He has one more. It'll bring him to 14. And he ties Bo Morgan for the all-time Air Force record, a fullback tying Morgan and Dallas at Air Force. That's saying something. Yeah, that's that's legendary kind of company that he's keeping right there. Let's talk about the defensive side of the ball. Top-scoring defense in the Mountain West, top 20 nationally right now. We knew this group had a whole bunch of returning talent from a unit that was elite last year, but how has the 2022 version of the Falcons' defense impressed you so far? Well, it's the linebacking core has impressed me the most. I mean, you knew what you had with T.D. Blackman and Vin Sanford. Vin Sanford was one of the top um, pass rushers and, and backfield disruptors in the country last year, and a lot of teams have made sure that 26 doesn't beat them. And then Sanford really came into his own on this last game against uh, Navy, had 10 tackles, which I believe tied a career high. But the other guys, the TD Blackman and Alec Mock, have really stepped to the forefront and been sensational um, in making sure that they're not beating the run game and they're getting to the quarterback to put pressure on. They're not getting for sacks, but putting pressure on quarterbacks to you know, force an ill-advised throw or just get and disrupt any sort of uh, progression that he has. And then the one other guy that really has impressed me the most that I didn't know much about is Bo Richter. Now, Bo Richter is a junior linebacker that by trade was an inside linebacker, but because they already had T.D. Blackman and Alec Mock, which are all-conference caliber inside linebackers, they're going to move him to the outside backer position. Well, then they had a little bit of issues with some injuries up front with Jaden Theergood going out for – a couple of games, so they put Bo Richter up on the line. And here's the guy that's 240 pounds and already in his Air Force career has played up on the front four as an edge pass rusher. He's played inside linebacker in his career. And, oh, by the way, he's dropped back into coverage and did that last year against Carson Strong in Nevada, had his first career pick. So the versatility within this defense really, I think, sets it apart from other defenses that they can kind of mix and match and, and kind of plug gaps where they're missing a guy. and. You know, the Trey Taylors of the world, the Canby Goffs of the world have played all over the place. So it's just a, a collection of really solid players who play well as a team. And, you know, they, they now held all five opponents this year to 21 or fewer opponent, uh, 21 or fewer points. 
and they've done that 15 of the last 18 games over the last two seasons. That's sensational. You win a lot of games if you hold college football teams to 21 or under. Amazing stuff right there. And now that defense gets set to go to Utah State this week. Jesse, you know how good this Air Force team is. Troy Calhoun is the longest tenured coach in the conference. He's won the Commander-in-Chief's trophy numerous times. He's won big bowl games. He's won the Mountain Division even. But he has never won the big crown, the Mountain West Championship. Yes, they already have a division loss to Wyoming, so they'll need some help. But nobody looks unbeatable right now in the Mountain. Is this the team that can put that last little feather in Troy Calhoun's cap to finally win the Mountain West Conference. Nate, I thought this was the team at the start of the year. I, I really thought it set up well for Air Force to really make a run with a senior quarterback, with a, a running back that is as productive and sensational as Brad Roberts is. Um, and then you had a, an offensive line, a veteran group, and then the defense that we just talked about. Uh, I really thought that this was the team that could make a run. Um, there's no question about that. I think we're going to find out here over the next three weeks really if um, this team can make a run. You're, you're taking on the defending Mountain West champions in Utah State. Then you got upstart UNLV on the road, and the Rebels look really good. And then you got Boise State at home. This three-game stretch will, will tell us a lot if this team will be in it at the end because they do finish with New Mexico, Colorado State, and then at San Diego State. So I really think this middle three games is going to tell us but I think at the start of the year, I thought this team had the talent to make the run. They certainly have the coach that can make the run. And, you know, putting that all together sometimes is easier said than done. Uh, but I, I really think this could be the year. It's one of the better teams that Troy has had. Air Force, they're 4-1. and one. They get set for Utah State coming up this weekend. Big road showdown in the Mountain Division. Jesse Kurtz will be on the air along with Jim Arthur on the Air Force Radio Network. Of course, Jesse Kurtz also the executive producer and the anchor of the Mountain West Network, which you watch at themw.com. Jesse Kurtz, excellent work as always. Enjoy that game and enjoy the trip to Logan coming up on Saturday. Nate, I appreciate that. I always appreciate your interest in Air Force and the Mountain West, my friend. We'll preview the entire Week 6 schedule, including that Air Force-Utah State matchup when we return here on the Mountain West Radio Network. Hey, this is Blake Anderson, head football coach of the Utah State Aggies. We'll be right back with more of this week in the Mountain West right after this timeout. SC Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. Couples throughout the state buy their rings from SC Needham Jewelers because of our low prices, extensive ring selection, and extraordinary benefits and services with financing available. Go to scneedham.com to learn more. We have many unique and beautiful engagement rings starting at $500. You'll find affordable engagement rings with our integrity price guarantee. This is why we are where Utah gets engaged. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7. SC Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. This is James Stevens with White Pine Funeral Services. We are humbled by and grateful for the tremendous support we have been shown since opening our doors nearly two years ago. 
So we just want to say thank you. On behalf of everyone at White Pine, first and foremost, thank you for allowing us the honor and privilege of serving you and caring for your loved ones. Additionally, thank you for voting White Pine the best mortuary in Cache Valley in both 2021 and 2022. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally without all the red tape by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. This is Marcus Arroyo, head coach of the UNLV Rebels. Welcome back to This Week in the Mountain West. You have plans to go out Friday night? Cancel them and make a date with the couch. Or, better yet, head to Reno or San Jose because we have a couple of spicy ones on the docket to start off week six here in the Mountain West. First up, it's Marcus Arroyo's UNLV Rebels. Four and one for the first time since 2003. Going into SefQ Stadium to take on Brent Brennan's three and one San Jose State Spartans. Winner will remain unbeaten in conference and sit atop the West Division. The loser will have a far more complicated road ahead to get to the Mountain West title game. Kickoff at 7.30 Pacific on CBS Sports Network. The other Friday night game, that's Colorado State and Nevada at Mackey Stadium, also at 7.30 Pacific over on FS1. Jay Norvell makes his return to Reno after departing Nevada to take the head job at Colorado State last December. Wolfpack head coach Ken Wilson, who replaced Norvell at Nevada, has been critical of Norvell and his staff and how they went about the departure. Legendary Nevada head coach Chris Alt has even gone so far as to call it the green infection. In addition, both programs, particularly 0-4 CSU, badly needing a win. This one ought to be loud and emotional Friday night in Reno. What a great night of football we have on tap. But that's not all. Four more games Saturday, all four also in conference play. We get going with a pair of Mountain Division games kicking off at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. Wyoming at New Mexico on CBS Sports Network and Air Force at Utah State on FS1. Lobos coming in with back to back wins over the Cowboys in 20 and 21, while Air Force looking for revenge on Utah State after that 49 45 home loss that was a big part of catapulting the Aggies to the Mountain Division title and the ensuing conference championship last year. The late games, Fresno State at Boise State at 745 Mountain on FS1, while CBS Sports Network has Hawaii and San Diego State at Snapdragon Stadium at 730 Pacific. Aztecs already 0-1 in conference. They need this one to stay with UNLV and San Jose State in that West Division. And that will do it for the week six edition of This Week in the Mountain West. Be sure to follow the Mountain West on all social media channels. That's Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for all the latest news, score standings, and highlights. Plus, you can always keep up with everything and get the latest content from the Mountain West Network at the MW.com. I'm your host, Nate Crackman. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy week six of this college football season. This is Craig Thompson, Commissioner of the Mountain West. We'll talk to you next week right here on This Week in the Mountain West.